Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. All right, listeners, welcome to episode 101. We have passed our benchmark goal of 100, and now it's just like extra credit. So, so uh, like Coatsy, what's like up, buddy? Over again, Richie. It's like starting all over again, I reckon. Uh, we're, we're ready for the next, the next milestones. That's right. <laughs> and um, we, uh, here in the States, we have this thing like where like for your age, you like everything's in like these speed limit um, milestones. So turning 41 is nothing, but turning 40 or 45 is because those are speed limit birthdays. So <laughs> we have... I I was joking with you earlier. We're running out of speed limits. We're kind of into the like area where you start getting speeding tickets. Yeah, that's right. Well, in Australia, we've still got at least ten, maybe. Well, in some places, parts of Australia, maybe thirty to go because we're in kilometers per hour. I don't know if anywhere in Australia that's posted over one hundred and thirty. All right. Well, we have at least thirty before we start getting speeding tickets for. Uh, I think we can just move to Germany, right? Well, there's no limit. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it was good to connect with you this week. So we actually got to be face to face over the weekend for some of the the internal Microsoft uh, workings. So that was kind of cool. It was very cool, and I really enjoyed catching up with our guest. We'll talk about him a bit later, but uh, it was it, he was involved in the same stuff, and uh, he's a really smart young kid. I've really enjoyed working with him. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought it was an awesome, awesome interview. So it's good stuff that uh, our listeners have to look forward to uh, today. In terms of the the updates for the week, it was. I mean, I feel like we're in this weird summer period where everyone is just vacationing, maybe getting getting ready for school to start again. But and I keep saying summer. I'm. I'm. That seems insensitive to those in the southern hemisphere. So um, I apologize for that. But uh, Rich, we used to worry about it, man. All right. Well, uh, we'll just assume everyone's having summer right now. Uh, it's weird that like the summer games are going on in Rio soon, and it's actually winter there. Right. Well, our, our summer games were in September when we were in um, uh, in Sydney in 2000. That was a great, oh, great right. time, actually. I, I hope the guys in in Rio have an awesome time. It's uh, it, to me, it was it was one of the best times in Sydney, and I love Sydney. Sydney's a great place to be, but it was just the whole place lit up. I don't know if you were in Atlanta ever in '96 or had been to a place where there's been a games. There's a a totally amazing atmosphere in an Olympic city. So I actually went to the Torino Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Torino, uh, oh, wow. which was awesome in Italy. Uh, that was yeah. really cool. But but no, you know, it's funny. Um, the SharePoint marketing manager, like the group marketing manager in, for SharePoint marketing is Dan Holm. So he's really, really well known. Most people, if you're in the SharePoint world, probably have heard of him. But Dan has done, he's been like one of the chief technical advisors for NBC and the Olympics for years. And so oh, wow. he's he's in Rio right now. Um, this I think this is his last Olympics because he just joined Microsoft and um, is going to be uh, not have that kind of flexibility to consult for individual companies anymore, but uh, right, he's right. been to almost every major Olympics, which I'm so jealous of. Absolutely, it's a very, very cool time. We have a, we have a, a guy who works in our office, uh, a guy named Ian Palangio, who's a, a SharePoint dude and a bunch of other things as well. But he's uh, he's on the Australian curling team, so they've been trying to get to the Winter Olympics for a while. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's cool. I've I've curled once. It was. Uh, Somewhat of an embarrassing experience, but uh, it was uh, good fun. 
It's like I just it's give like, them a hard time. Like, it's like shuffleboard, right? I call it Canadian bowling. That's really yeah. what it is. I don't <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I'm probably insulting lots of people, so let's just move on. So, in terms of the the updates for the week, uh, it, like I mentioned, it's it's a little bit quiet out there, but there were a few kind of interesting things that were put out there. One was the if you pay, paid attention to the big uh, May the Fourth SharePoint event, then and also this is something that Jeff Teeper talked about last week was this concept of modern SharePoint lists and um, all the greatness that comes with it, like integration with Flow and Power Apps. Well, these are starting to roll out. So there was a good post on Office Blogs that talks about how these are starting to trickle out into the uh, first release customers, and they will be more like widely available over the next few months. So uh, that's big, big deal. I mean, these are built on the SharePoint framework um, and a really good pattern for how things on the SharePoint framework should be built, I would imagine. Yeah, it's very cool indeed. Um, there's, uh, th- th- that's, that's a really good blog post. And there's a bunch of other th- interesting things coming out as well. I, I noticed that the, uh, the Ignite session list is going up and people are starting to announce that they've been, uh, been accepted as, as speakers on, on, the, uh, on the Twitter and on the, on the Facebooks. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's blown up actually. Actually, I just noticed that yesterday and today they the speaker announcements like the hey you're speaking at night must have gone out because uh, it, I see it everywhere. Everyone's posting like hey I'm I'm you know proud to be speaking at night ignite this year. So um, yeah, we'll have a awesome. link in the show notes to uh, some of the Microsoft Ignite session list. Uh, so you can kind of see, if you have a sp- favorite speaker, you can go and see what they're speaking about. Anything that, like, like kind of looking through that session list, Andrew, anything that kind of uh, caught your eye? Look, there's a couple of things that stood straight out to me. There's um, accessing SharePoint data using the Microsoft Graph. So that's been something we've been asking for for a while. So that, that's that's pretty exciting that we've, we're at least talking about that at, uh, at Ignite. And then the other one is that... Um, the, the using Microsoft Graph to reach users in an on-premises and hybrid exchange uh, scenario. And that is also very cool because, uh, again, it, you know, it solves a big problem for lots of people who, who run, uh, run their infrastructure in a combination of on-premises and in the cloud. Yeah, you know, that, that last one's really interesting. I, I don't want to make too many assumptions, but my guess is that the online, Exchange Online is to some extent uh, providing some sort of like proxy back to the on-premises farm uh, of Exchange. And, and like that, that's really uh, like, like leaping forward in terms of like hybrid architecture. Um, so I think that's right, really that neat, um, whatever we're doing there. And I'm excited. We don't always get to see uh, the, the secret sauce that engineers are working on. So uh, this one was a surprise to me as well. So we'll have to pay close attention on what's going on and maybe have uh, uh, like Vincat from the exchange team who owns the APIs come back on and talk a little bit about the great work they're doing. I have a feeling, and I might be misrecalling this, that Vincat's actually presenting that session. I we would, yeah, he's got to be, I, I would imagine. So, I mean, uh, we've had him on the show a few times yeah. and, um, hopefully we'll have them again once uh, that becomes more something we can talk about. Very cool. And so, the other thing um, that stood out to me is I, I did a quick search, and there are four sessions on the SharePoint framework. Uh, so, the, the, so that's that's pretty exciting too. I think Jeff Teeper said last week that uh, the best SharePoint conference that has ever been will be this ne- next Ignite. That, that's pretty uh, big shoes to fill. I've been to a lot of them, and and it's a fin- the what used to be that SharePoint conference is fantastic. So. Uh, 
excited to see what what sort of things are talked about. I, I do think that the SharePoint framework will be one of the showcases of that conference. So um, hopefully, I, I don't think it's sold out yet. It did sell out last time, even though it's really gigantic, the size of it. But um, you still have a chance to probably get in and, and attend the conference. So uh, it's it's going to be one of our our big announcement points for a lot of things. So definitely try to, to make it if, if you you and your your boss are uh, keen on, on getting the, the latest and greatest information. That's absolutely true. And speaking of latest and greatest information, you've been busy again, Rich. You've recorded another uh, Office Dev show. Yeah, so episode 39. Uh, we've, we've done a few shows so far on exploring a specific kind of area of the Microsoft Graph. So we did one about a month ago on the Excel APIs, which I think are super cool. And last week we did OneDrive. And so I thought we'd do one this week on OneNote. So uh, OneNote happens to be a beta endpoint in the Microsoft Graph. But I, I honestly, of all the resources, I think that there's some really amazing potential in the OneNote API. So we, we in this video on Channel 9, we go through some of the basics of working with the API in Graph Explorer. And then we progress to a very simple application that just allows you to select a section that you have in a notebook and, and add a page. But then there's a, there's a sample out on the Office Dev GitHub that is an onboarding scenario, which to me just really resonated. The idea being is as a new employee joins an organization, you know, there's all kinds of policies and procedures and information that they need. And it might vary greatly based upon what part of the organization they join. If they work out in the field or if they're, you know, um, in the corporate office or if they're in a branch location or if they work with, you know, like things that are have safety regulations around it. Uh, the idea behind this is is you can actually generate a onboarding packet in OneNote for an employee based upon you know some sort of criteria that that is about them. And the coolest thing about OneNote is, you know, even at Microsoft we have something called HR Web where we can go and find information. But like it's a bit of a pain. Um, it's something that like a lot of times I have to be VPN to get to and um, or in an office to be able to get to that information. OneNote allows me to take all that information offline. It's fully searchable. Uh, and so I just thought this was the coolest scenario that they have available on GitHub that you can take a look at. I love it. I think um, it's very, very cool. And the, the search in OneNote is phenomenal. I use it all the time, and it searches through every 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 book, every notebook I've had open. I've got open. It also searches through all my handwritten notes. So it OC a text no, sorry, ink to ink to text those uh, handwritten notes and searches those remarkably well. Uh, it's it's a it's a really really powerful tool. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I see myself as someone that has a lot of like left brain characteristics, um, like in terms of like creativity and, and a lot of times that leads to being unorganized, I think. So like my OneNote is so unorganized and like the search almost in a way like encourages that because I can be completely unorganized and still find exactly what I need just by going up to search and using a few keywords. So you know, I'm, exactly uh, I'm not encouraging – yeah. Yeah. Outlook's exactly the same for me. I, 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 my, my inbox is completely full. I've uh, got thousands of unread emails. Stuff goes into folders everywhere, not in particularly any, any great order, but I can find pretty much anything I want because the search in Outlook is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I, I don't even use folders. I just keep it in my inbox. And 
for listeners that might actually have correspondence with me in email, you'll probably probably saying it's not working too well for you because you don't respond. But um, I I promise you, I try. Yeah. I promise that. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a, a fantastic time like syncing up in person this week and, and a great guest. So this week we have Simon Yeager, who uh, is in a similar role to me and, and Coetzee. He is in the DX organization as an evangelist. And uh, one of the reasons we had a talk with Simon is because he's actually a regular on our weekly updates. He He's almost like blogging every single week. And this comes from a guy that hardly had touched office development a year ago. And so like we're we're titling this week's blog post becoming a uh, an evangelist. Like how to like like how do you become an evangelist because Simon's done a just a phenomenal job. I, I would call him the poster child of what you want to do if you are interested in being more of a public figure and uh, have a you know a a brand around these technologies. He's uh, blogged a lot and he's starting to get invited to present at conferences. In fact, I think he's presenting with you this week. Is that right? He is indeed. Tomorrow morning, very first thing, uh, we're up uh, at uh, at the crack of Sparrows to get uh, to get out there and tell the, tell the good news about uh, the, uh, the, the graph and, and, and cross-platform development. And Simon's just been a pleasure to work with. He's a smart, uh, uh, hardworking uh, uh, guy who's great at communication, and like that, that combination of technical excellence and uh, and good communication skills is not all that common necessarily. But it's something that I think we really should encourage, and it's something that's perfectly suited to the, to this role as an evangelist. Yeah, spot on. So definitely check out the show. I to me, I really enjoyed it. And um, if you have any like desire to be more of like a community leader, uh, I think that you can really. Uh, learn a lot from the way that Simon has gone about it. So with that, let's uh, roll the interview. All right. Welcome to episode 101. It's like the 101 Dalmatians, but right. it's like 101 podcasts. It's, it's, the, it's the evolution of a new era. That's right. <laughs> and we're, we are face-to-face, Coatsy. Finally. 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 Well, we did face-to-face with Jeff Tipper last week and then had to, uh, had to do the, uh, the other recording, not face-to-face. That's right. Yeah. So it's Sunday. Uh, it is an exciting week for Microsoft internal people because we have a big conference. And um, we are, both Andrew and I are joined by Simon Yeager, who's been a, a really popular blogger for the Office 365 developer community. So Hi, Simon. guys. It's, it's good fun to be on the show because it's something that I happily you know, tune into while working. I you know, see a new episode coming up. So it's good fun to be on that other side and being able to be actually on the show as well. Yeah, it's, it's, we're excited to have you. I know that even back in the, when Jeremy was co-hosting with yeah. me, we wanted you to, to have you on for quite some time. So now, tell us a little bit about yourself, sure. Simon. Uh, so my name is Simon Yeager. I'm uh, based out of uh, Stockholm. I work at Microsoft as a technical evangelist. I've been um, primarily focusing on Office and Office 365 development for the last last year, essentially. So that's kind of how I, I guess my I came to be with my Office personality and Office development personality. Uh, so in short, that would be me. And so those of you can't see, Simon looks like he's about twelve. I don't know how old you actually are, Simon, but but um, but I, I'm feeling pretty old sitting here at this table. <laughs> So you're in, and so Stockholm, you don't have much of an accent. Are you originally from the States? I'm not. I was actually born in Sweden, okay. but I spent a lot of time with an American family. So I guess that's kind of where the accent came from. Okay. Uh, but there's been a lot of like a, of a blend of accents throughout my upbringing. So I tend to switch between 
uh, different accents and people get kind of confused of where is he from? Uh, so that's kind of fun. I usually tend to ask people like, where do you think I'm from? And they just go, you know, all kind of crazy places um, because they've got no idea. Essentially. Is Jaeger, is, is that a pretty common uh, name? It, it, it's not common as, as I can, as I've seen at least. Uh, it, it's the same kind of spelling with the umlaut, so that works well in Sweden. But as I know, it's from Germany, and it's okay. my, kind of my father that carried it from uh, from Hungary, and eventually, uh, or actually, uh, way back, I think it's actually from Germany, and then from Hungary, and then back to Sweden. Cool. I was a gymnast growing up, and there was a in, in gymnastics, they always name tricks after the gymnast that competes it internationally for the first time. Oh, yeah. And so there's a lot of tricks named after a gymnast named Jaeger. So oh, really? I, every time I hear it, I'm like, I think. The, the you know different tricks in my head. So, so. was he particularly a, 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 an uneven bars guy? Is it, or was he uneven the, bars the, is a girls event. Oh, sorry. That's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No. That's, it, why, I, that's why I pictured you doing it straight away. No. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, sorry. Yeah, that's parallel bars, isn't it? The men's event. Yeah. So Jaeger on on horizontal bar. It yeah. was is when you do a you swing backwards. You do a front flip and recatch the bar. It's pretty uh, yeah, cool. Right. It's a pretty cool trick. So anyway, yeah. we we ride digress but uh, anyway so um and i guess to to andrew's point on you looking young i just i noticed you have a, a mock uh, yes. so you're you're a mock hire and what, what is a mock hire? Yeah, tell, tell us what a mock yeah hire is. so mac hire or a mac uh, what it stands for is the microsoft academy for college hires uh so it's essentially a program once you get out of uh, of university uh, you can enroll, and it's about it's about two years of a program that uh, it gets you into an actual role. So the difference between, for instance, being an intern and a mock is that you are more, um, let's say, you are uh, assumed to have a certain skill set, and mm-hmm. you are getting into that role, and you get to pick up other skills uh, apart from your core skills. So it's a bit more of a, of a role where you're more thrown into the actual work comparing from an internship. But it's still kind of uh, a role where you're uh, somewhat forgiven of, of mistakes that you make for at least two years and you get backed up with uh, trainings and going to traveling uh, or traveling to different places and meeting other mocks. So it's essentially a program after uh, you graduate from, from university. So That's it's, a formal, it's a formal program run by Microsoft, is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. I, I always, like, when I, see, when I see people with the mock, it's funny, when I hear mock, like, like, there's a term, I don't know if it's used so much outside of the U.S., but, like, like a mock interview where it's like a fake interview. Like, I'm like, what are they, fake hires? That's what I saw when, <laughs> oh, I, heard, when I first saw it. That would be mock, like, right, rather than mock. M-O-C-K. You're just you're just pronouncing it differently. It's the same <laughs> yeah. But but um, yeah, I get I guess. But uh, anyway, um, I always am impressed because you know we pride ourselves at Microsoft of everyone being like really really deep, right? right. From a technical standpoint. So when I mean we pretty have pretty high expectations of a, a college hire coming in. So yeah. anytime I see one that we have, I'm always you know very impressed absolutely so. and look yeah. Simon I reckon you've, you've certainly proved that as part of your as part of your journey tell us a bit about how you got to here as a developer uh, the fun part is is um, you know I'm uh, the mock program uh, just getting back to that uh, quickly is you know it's something that you're kind of enrolling in you're required to go to university now I did not complete my university studies I actually got pulled into Microsoft straight out of high school hmm. so I did uh, consulting for for DX uh, which is the developer experience group uh, for about, uh, that would be a year. And then I thought that, you know, university is probably the route to go. So I enrolled in a, in a bachelor and master's, like, combined program. And I did that for about, 
I think two, three months, and I realized that I was learning a lot more at Microsoft than I was learning at school, uh, or at least I wanted to go through the master's, but I would have to go through the bachelor. Uh, so what I did was to actually enroll um, or actually apply to a full-time um, full job at Microsoft, or DX more specifically, uh, which eventually turned into this Mac program with my manager, uh, you know, pulling a lot of strings and that kind of stuff to get uh, to get me into the program and get me to prove my skills, uh, even though I had not completed my my, my school uh, school years. And the way that I did that was essentially during high school, I spent a lot of time building video games. I had a, a, a kind of a little video game studio based in Chicago where we were building for uh, for Windows Phone and Xbox 360 back in the day. And we, you know, got the chance to to work with Nokia because they were super excited about the games that we were building. Uh, the game didn't make a lot of money, but it made a lot of users, which was fun, and that certainly made uh, Microsoft, you know, kind of look up and see, you know, what's this guy doing? And that's eventually how I was able to to prove my skills in a in a different way, um, you know, rather than going to school. Uh, and I think that's also one of the most, you know coolest things about this industry is that you can really prove skills not just by a degree you can actually prove your skills by you know getting in there and doing things because it's also you know a, a very moving industry so you really have to pick up skills long you know as long as time kind of goes yeah i don't want to i don't want to get any like academia mad at me but like i i think back on my university years and i'm like you know what like the Probably the best thing I picked up out of university was just like polish. Like yeah. I, you know, like I learned most of things like just getting, you know, hands on. And yeah, I guess so. I, I, I spent a lot of time at university. Some of it I even spent learning. But the um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the thing that stands out for me is that I I didn't do a comp sci degree. I did a civil engineering degree. Uh, and the thing that stands out for me is that I feel like I missed out on some of the the completeness. Like the stuff I've learned has all been very focused on what the, the, the subject I've been doing. So the thing I think maybe you get out of a university degree is, is a breadth of a breadth of exposure yeah. to things that you might not get. But of course, in DX we get a, an exposure to a whole bunch of things, so we're we're pretty lucky from that point of view. But I think from the point of view of someone who's doing dev work, um, it's it's worth either reading really widely or considering doing some some basic comp sci courses to just to get a a, a broad a broad spectrum of the things that are going on. But you know, it's obviously worked for you the way that. Yeah. It's gone. And now, right. you have gone focused, right? This is one of the things about, uh, the, one of the reasons we've, we've sort of asked you to come and have a chat today is you've really started focusing on office stuff. And, and so how's that, how's that come about? Yeah, so that was, I, uh, you know, just to take you back a little bit, I started uh, with, with coding apps, essentially. That's what I started with, uh, with uh, you know, before we called it the universal Windows platform, I was building apps for, uh, for Windows 8, essentially. Um, and I did then a little bit of Azure, and then with, uh, about a year ago, my manager told me that you know DX is focusing a lot more on Office and Office 365 development, and we need someone to kind of dig into the space. And that slot was kind of allocated to me. Uh, so about a year ago, I started investing kind of full time into that space and exploring what it was and and, and learning. So that was that was uh, the first time that I, I uh, actually kind of dug down into this uh, into the space. Yeah, you know, I, I probably came from the same boat. I'm, I'm not sure many people, like, start their development career in office. They somehow end up there or spend some time there. And I know, like, for me, uh, probably the first area from just, like, pure, like, green fields development that I went was, it had to, it happened to be SharePoint. And this was back in, 
before the like SharePoint 20, 2007 launch, like t 2004, 2005. And like what I found that was interesting as a developer is greenfields is one thing, but when you are faced with like a platform that you have to like fit into somehow, like and you have constraints, uh, to me in a lot of ways like it, it added more creativity because I had to find like unique ways to to be able to fit. So like, like from your perspective, going from like building a game to to focusing on Office, what is that? How has that been? I think it's been, you know, first and foremost, I thought that was uh, a lot of fun uh, because it's new ground. And just the fact that it's new ground, I think a lot of people working in the, you know, in tech, they're always excited about new stuff, whether it's a, it's a new platform, a new library, or a new API that you can pick up. And this was, you know, it's, it was just an entire new platform that I was able to embrace. And, and to my, I guess, what I... To my uh, liking was the fact that you in this office space you could reuse a lot of that stuff that you already knew, uh, which was using, for instance, web technologies that you had been using while building games. You know, you were still you know creating backends, uh, making sure that you can get your scores stored and get your game saves up there. That was knowledge that I could just use when I was bridging over to to office development. So it was a a, a combined transition of of you know. Uh, a new ground, but also there was knowledge that I could apply what I already knew uh, into that new space. So it was both a lot of fun because it was a new space, but also um, I had a lot of, you know, coming from just a tech background already. It's one of the things for, uh, that I've noticed about your learning style, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you like explaining what you're doing while you're learning. And you've yeah. been blogging about this journey the whole time, which I think is one of the things that I think first came to Richard and, and, and Jeremy's attention and, and sort of brought you, you know, brought you out as, as a as a you know, substantially good office developer and, and someone who people can read. So if you haven't seen Simon's blog, it's um, just at simonyeager.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah. But uh, there's a bunch of great stuff up there. Tell us, what is it about blogging or, or, or writing about your experience that helps you learn? So um, actually, you know, we, you know, I spend a lot of time with partners and customers and I, I, I solve their problems, you know. I, 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 they ask me something and because I've become some kind of like a go-to uh, person for office development. And what I found is that I usually, I, I reply to something or I solve a problem multiple times. So the idea kind of came from my manager uh, that saw that I was doing this and, and kind of asked me uh, this question of, are you done yet? And that kind of turned out to a little bit of a story that I tell uh, with the title, Are You Done Yet? So when I solved a particular problem, I could have considered myself to be done. I've solved the customer's problem, the customer is able to move on. But if I tell myself no, what could I actually do uh, to kind of reuse that time that I already spent and, and perhaps do even more about that? And one of those things was to blog about that. Uh, so I would s simply, you know, once I solved the problem, I would make a blog post about that and I would eventually be able to reuse that for other customers and other partners uh, that would come in and essentially ask for the same thing. And I also realized that, you know, for me, blogging about something, it also forced me to kind of know a little bit more about that problem, uh, a little bit more about the ins and outs. I mean, you know, if you want to write, uh, uh, write something uh, about a particular subject, uh, you might have to, to, to actually dig into more documentation to figure out stuff. Uh, and that kind of 
improved what I learned from solving that problem. But again, it also gave me a link that I could send to a new partner or a new customer with the same problem. And what I love today after about a year of blogging is that I could have just entire conversations with customers and partners where I just keep sending them links to stuff. That's my reply. Yeah. This is a link to a blog post. This is another blog post. These blog posts are going to solve your problems. So I've you know, been able to build this, this collection or little encyclopedia of, of just answers and, and, and guides of how to do things. So right now I realize the power of it even more when I had just you know, two blog posts about it. But now it's just kind of like a snowball effect where I, I realized how great it has been, it's, you know, both for customers and partners and their experience because I'm also able to reply extremely quickly. Uh, but also for myself because I get to improve what I learned from that particular problem and, and ultimately my time is more well spent. Yeah, I know, I know blog, blogging is something that I do a lot of and um, there's different methodologies on, on do, going about that. I was, for, for those that are listening that are, that are wanting to be an evangelist, if you will, and, and get more kind of in the public eye with, with development, it's, it's a fantastic way of getting your start. In a lot of ways, I'd say that's where I got my start uh, to some extent. Um, and like from the methodology standpoint, I remember when I got going, there were different people that would say, oh, well, you need to always keep like a queue of like 10 unpublished blogs so that you can keep things on a duration. And there's some that are like, you have to set time aside every week to do it. And none of that's worked for me. Is there any sort of like pattern for you that's worked? The, the pattern, I, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a break right now as we've been closing the fiscal years and I had a bunch of customers that kind of needed hands-on uh, assistance. Um, so I'm on a little bit of a break, but what I've been doing and trying to achieve for the last year is actually uh, using uh, Office Planner, uh, which I love. And, and in there, I put up an, an, a task for essentially one post every single week. Uh, and the, I guess the, the way to achieve that has been to put myself in a, in a working situation where I can be allowed to spend some time each and every week to produce a blog post. Now, there's weeks that I uh, might spend, uh, you know, all of my hours just coding for a customer or helping out uh, a partner with, you know, a whiteboard session and that kind of stuff. And that might not leave very much time to, um, to, do, to do a blog post. So, so there's going to be weeks when I'm not able to, to do one blog post um, each and every week. But there's also going to be weeks where I can uh, essentially put out two blog posts or three blog posts depending on what I'm doing. So I'm very, you know, I have a goal of producing at least one, and, but I don't feel bad for not doing it uh, because I, I know that there's going to be weeks and times where I'm able to, to put up a lot more. Uh, and if it kind of goes overboard, I will actually kind of postpone a blog post to like a next week to kind of uh, get more content there. Uh, I realized that you know once you get into blogging, you'll find different days and different hours when you should be posting something, when you shouldn't be posting something. I realized, for instance, that on a Friday is a terrible day for me to post a blog post because everyone's just ready for the weekend. No one's yeah. going to go out and read. And a Monday and Tuesday is just great. People are, you know, uh, at least some people have full of energy and just you know dig into blog posts and you know covering what's been happening during the weekend. So so uh, so I try to keep you know keep up and, and, and get at least one blog post a day. I try to make sure that uh, that's okay by my manager as well to, to spend time and, 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 and realize the importance essentially for making that blog post and spending time for creating that blog post. But I don't also 
I don't want to create a blog post that is just because I have to post something. Yeah. Because I realize that those blog posts don't turn out to be very good. Uh, so that's kind of why I also allow myself to not feel bad for not posting a, you know, a blog post a week if I don't have material. Because if I just uh, push for content that isn't really there, it doesn't really turn out to be, uh, to be that great. And I think like your story of becoming an evangelist is is a really good one to to tell because I mean you've you as you mentioned you've really only been at this a, a year um, you've built up a, a really nice queue of blog posts and because of that you're already starting to get like invites to speak at conferences like so for yeah. instance one of the things we we're going to talk about today is it's tech ready week for Microsoft so we have this big internal conference and uh, most people go their whole career at Microsoft and are always an attendee at TechReady. This is your first TechReady and you're actually a yes. presenter at it. Yes. So, so you and, and Coatsy are actually yeah. presenting together. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It feels great to have to have Coatsy with me also yeah. <laughs> to be doing that. I'm relying on you. But yeah, also I, one thing that I feel like I, I want to point out that helped me to accelerate uh, my my journey to, to, to evangelize and, and become some form of evangelist for this space has been to to try to reach out to people, you know, I know I've I've bugged you, uh, Richard, a lot about you know different problems and topics, uh, and and I think also you know for for someone as you, if I come with you to you with a question, and if you see that I actually encapsulate that more with a with a blog post and that kind of stuff, you'll see that you know answering me and taking the time to answer me might actually be something it's more valuable, valuable yeah. right because I produce much more about more uh, for it that you know could be reached to many more uh, so I, I think that's not can we like replicate him <laughs> yeah I'm sure, I'm sure it's been cloned already <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hopefully not but that's an important part I think is to uh, you know it's 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 going to take you a lot longer to do it on your own. So if you can are able to surround yourself with others, and and, and I guess don't just expect that someone is going to help you uh, out of the blue. Uh, if you can give something back, that's usually great. And I guess you know be thankful for it is, is what I've tried to do as well. Um, and and ultimately that seemed to prove uh, to prove you know working well because I, as you've said, uh, getting the ability to you know go on podcasts and be speaking at events, and that's just again just snowballs everything and gets you more a bigger audience more listeners and it also makes it more fun and gets you more motivated to do to do even more essentially cool so one of the things you talked about was the fact that it's um helps writing a blog post helps you understand things better i think that's probably the same about when you're presenting a session yeah what are you doing what are we doing this session tell us a bit about uh, about that yeah so we have actually a very exciting topic on it's within the office space so it's about the microsoft graph and it's about building cross-platform solutions of, uh, using the Microsoft Graph. And more particularly, uh, we're going to dig into the, the Groups APIs and the Excel REST APIs. So we've got uh, really what I love to see at sessions is, is demos. I want to see code. Uh, I don't want to see a, a you know a PowerPoint festival. I want to you know really see something doing actual stuff, and that's what we're doing. So I'm feeling very happy about this. I feel like this is a session that I would want to go to because you know we've got code, uh, we've got code in there. Session. We have, and uh, I might even put a link to the code up there because it's, it's it's all up on GitHub right now. Uh, and um, so it, it, the the code certainly my bit of the code is based on the stuff that Rich did uh, in in Cordova and uh, and. Um, uh, that the, the sample he did with the rest, the Excel REST APIs there for expenses, which I've replicated now in, in Xamarin. And you've done some great work with the group stuff, um, you know, 
dipping into the groups API and working out how to pull stuff, uh, pull really interesting stuff back as part of that process. Yeah. So uh, it's been. I think. The, I think the sample itself is, is actually. I think it's really cool. Uh, it took me a lot more time to do it than I anticipated, which is kind of the usual story yeah. when I get into the a coding project. Uh, but essentially, it's it's a. Uh, it's a sample that it looks entirely like it's got, uh, you know, it looks like it's got a backend, like a, a full stack of Azure services, you know, with storage and a SQL database. But it's all really the graph, the Microsoft graph. It's the groups API. It's got uh, the Excel REST API APIs to kind of serve as a a, a, a data data backend for the application. So it simulates like an actual real world application without any, you know. Azure backends and that kind of stuff. It's like all done with the Microsoft graph. Well, that's the exciting thing for me. With the graph, the graph takes away a bunch of that pain. Yeah. And encapsulates what what you need to do and lets you get on with solving your problem rather than rather than having to uh, to, to solve problems someone else should have already solved. Definitely. So, how are you guys building up your presentation this week? Since it's both of you guys presenting, they all have like, is there some sort of natural like you're covering one part and yeah. you're covering another? Yeah. So, well, it, the, the the base the base flow of it is. Um, we're going to talk about cross-platform development in general, some strategies for that, and then we'll home pretty quickly in on Xamarin, and then we'll talk about Xamarin native versus Xamarin forms, uh, and then um, I'll talk a little bit about the the Graph API as well, and and uh, well, in fact, I'm just going to talk about the, the Graph API in general, and I'm going to drill down a bit into the Excel and um, and Groups APIs in the Graph Explorer because I think that's a really nice way of working out how the Graph Explorer works. Yeah. But of course, we're not animals. Um, there is an SDK for all these for, for most of the Graph stuff. So Simon's going to drill down into now, okay, so there is this REST stuff at the back end, but how can we go a level or two higher and use SDKs for that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, then we'll show a couple of, then we'll talk about auth, because auth is really important. Uh, and we'll talk particularly about um, the, the new Microsoft Authentication Library, uh, because um, the V2 endpoints are what we're recommending people use now, and you need MSAL to use the V2 endpoints. Um, we'll then go into a bit of a demo. I'll, I'll show uh, a, a sort of an end-to-end -end demo using Xamarin Forms. Uh, and of course, mine looks uh, well. Let's put it this way: I'm a developer, not a designer, uh, and um, uh, it looks like that. But it, but it shows a whole bunch of functionality with uh, with the, the Excel Excel uh, APIs and some some uh, groups bits. And then I'm going to hand over to Simon to show that he is both a developer and a designer because he's got a beautiful <laughs> application that uses um, native uh, native Xamarin. So he's written his front end in in um, in, uh, in uh, Xamarin.ios and. Xamarin to Android. So you did the storyboard approach. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. I see. Yeah. Whereas I, whereas I wrote my whole thing in forms, and I, I run it all, all three platforms yeah. off the exactly the same code base. And yeah. that, that's, a, that's really exciting. I think thing. we have a, a very. I'm very happy about the the story that we have. We have yeah. you know everything from that the K man approach of doing bare bone REST APIs all the way to to realizing that hey you're probably not going to do this. You're going to use SDKs to do this, right. and you can and, use and a decent forms. framework for, for your, yeah. your MVVM yeah. and all sorts of Yeah, but it's also it's very. I, I find it to be great to be doing or actually have a little bit of know-how of what's actually going on underneath the hood. I think once you spend a little time coding and programming, you'll realize that it's not a matter of, of if it goes wrong, it's a matter of when does it go wrong, and understanding a little bit about what's the actual REST call happening underneath the hood here, that can help you a lot to you know kind of navigate and, and tackle that, that issue. So I'm very happy with the kind of flow that we've, we've been able to establish throughout this, this talk. Indeed. I'd like to have, um, maybe in the next few weeks, we should invite uh, either Vittorio or Stuart Kwan to talk a little bit about um, Azure AD and some of the, the kind of what's going on there. But you mentioned that you guys are 
focusing on the V2 endpoint, but you're also focusing on groups. So I, my, my question is, is what if they sign in with a consumer account? Are you guys handling that? I, I think that's kind of an interesting pattern. Is, is that something that you guys are, are looking at? It's certainly something I'm handling exception for at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a big message box right. said, You can't do this. Sorry, go get an eCal. Go get an E3 or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you're using you're using the V2 uh, yeah. so, so, endpoint. Yeah, and so Simon's doing uh, ADAL, which is V1 endpoint okay. stuff for, for his for his demo. Yeah, nice. So you guys got a good mix of everything: right. a little bit of yes. SDK, a little yeah. bit of raw REST, yeah. a little ADAL, a little MSAL. It's all happening. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, so for the uh, our listeners, uh, talk a little bit. We can talk a little bit about TechReady. Uh, twice a year, Microsoft puts on a really big internal conference. It's really to make sure that our technical uh, field is equipped. They're, they're trained and, and are know all the latest and greatest things. It was probably the biggest. When I joined Microsoft, I, knew, I had heard about TechReady. Uh, I can't attend it. Uh, it's very rare that we have a partner attend it. On occasion we do, but they get escorted in and out of the building and have, can only go to their one session. But uh, it's, it's a pretty, considering it's all internal, the scale of it is pretty staggering. I mean, it's like a full tech ed type of conference that we do, um, and, and that's all going on this week. So this is your first tech ready, right? Yeah. I understood, though, it's like it's equally the size of, of build. Is it the same? I think it's people? bigger it's than build. It is. It's it is. bigger it than is. build. Okay. I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's my first one, actually. I've been through a couple builds, so that's kind of my only experience of these large tech conferences. Uh, what do you uh, see the keynote? The keynote room that they have for this, it it goes on forever in the back. And like oh, really? they have, they've, like, maybe like four, they four have the, they, of extra, extra of screens. screens yeah. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. But I guess where I was going with this is, you know, you guys are talking about this great presentation that you're doing, but... It's um, even though there might be some NDA stuff for the most part, it's it's all for internal consumption. We got to maybe get you guys to record it and put it on uh, Channel Nine or something. That'd maybe. be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff we could break up into much smaller pieces yeah. as well. I think that might make make more sense. It yeah. might be you know parts one to four or parts one to five. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm actually also uh, planning on replicating a lot of what we're doing now at the at the European SharePoint cool. conference. Uh, so I've got a session there which is along uh, the same lines. So I will be using definitely your sample and my sample right. uh, to, to kind of go over uh, what we're doing here in, in a in a in a little shorter format because it's uh, it's a little short a little shorter time slot that I have there. But I'll be trying to trying to bring what uh, a lot of the good stuff that we did here back to uh, I think it's in Austria this year. Nice, nice. And I certainly did this session or or a, or an early version of it at the Newcastle Coders Group. In, in Australia, and I'll probably do it again a couple of times in other places around the country as well. It's uh, it's good fun. Cool. Well, we'll definitely when we uh, when you guys have that maybe in a uh, some sort of like publicly recorded format, we'll make sure we uh, bring back mention of that on the on the show. Right. So, any other like thoughts or or comments of of kind of your week and and things for the listeners to, to know? Well, one thing back to, I guess, the, the sample that we're, that we're spending spending some time on uh, is that, you know, I definitely am going to blog a lot about it, uh, what went into designing it, because I've been spending, that's kind of what has been taking a lot of that time, uh, especially in this week, to to make the uh, at least uh, the iOS platform UI for it and building the storyboard. So I'm going to produce blog posts about that. Uh, and how to kind of map the, the different experience towards the different platforms. 
uh, and also different parts about you know how do we uh, you know how do I use the graph the Microsoft graph as um, bare bone rest calls in the solution. So uh, I spent a lot of time this week uh, to 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 produce this stuff. So I also want to encapsulate even more on this uh, with blog posts. So definitely, I hope that uh, that listeners might be uh, looking forward to see that stuff as well. Awesome. So one more time, tell everyone your blog. What is it? It's Simon Yeager, J A E G E. E-R.com. Uh, so we'll have that in the show notes. And what is your Twitter handle if people want to... Oh, that was, this one is even more complicated. <laughs> it's, it's also, also Simon Jaeger, but it's without the E in, in Jaeger. <laughs> well, on, on the blog post entry, I'm going to spell it yet a third way, just for fun. So, <laughs> just kidding. So, uh, yeah, put the umlaut in there, quick. <laughs> me and Jeremy have a, have a history of uh, pronouncing names horribly. So now, from now on, like if there's a hard name, I just look to Andrew. I'm like, hey, man, this one's all you. So uh, awesome. Well, it was, it was fantastic to finally have you on the show. Uh, excited to, to have you on again, maybe sometime in the future. And uh, you guys have a... I'm going home tonight, but you guys have a great week here at Tech Ready this week. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Until next time, talk to you guys next week. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, get your code on.